Woo! We are back. You're yeah. back. Woo! Yeah. Yo, Let's go. Season two is going to be crazy. It's officially it? here. It's going to be like, we're going to have those top sub conversations. We're going right. to be asking questions. We're going to be praying. Anthony? Yo, bro. I'm going to stop We started right. season two. Anthony? Already? Anthony? Season two? You forgot. Well, you said praying, right? Yeah. You you led into it, but you didn't lead in prayer. You would think you were loved that, by that's now. That's the thing. You led it into it, but you didn't lead in prayer. So you know what we got to do. And we got some special guests here. Ooh. Special, special guests. Super special. We, so we have, definitely have to pray. Oh, you know. We can't pray. Matter of fact, we cannot pray. I, I feel, and we I, I feel guests led. I feel where you going, friend. To nominate Go ahead. Go ahead. Pastor Maurice, can you pray for the podcast and what the platform right now for season two, can you open up with a word of prayer? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> the churches in the building, Queens, Jamaica, Here Southside. Have we started Lord. season two? No, that's Southside. <laughs> Southside. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Let me pray. Yep. Go ahead, Thank man. you, Pastor. Thank you for this podcast, Top Shelf. Thank you that you have blessed these gentlemen with this awesome, awesome uh, ministry, this awesome podcast. And I thank you, Lord, for today's session. Today's season is going to be awesome. We thank you for clarity of thought, clarity of words. Thank you that you'll be glorified today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome to Top Shelf, where we seek truth, opinion, perspective, and we seek solutions. Yo, we gotta do we gotta do a mental check-in, bro. We have to do We do as always. That's so, true. How are you guys? For me, I'm I'll be honest, I'm good. I'm a little tired. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a little tired, a little fatigued. You know, I was last night, you know, I was out celebrating a wedding. Congratulations. <laughs> I wanna say to Your wedding? No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> do not throw that out there. I'm about to do say, I thought we was more. I just say it was my wedding. <laughs> okay. If it was my wedding, I wanna be here right now. Oh. Is that he right? He said a honey and the moon. Ooh. Is that <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, I love that. But, you know, I just want to give a quick shout out to Marquise and Sherelle on their wedding. So I'm a shout little fatigued from that. Awesome. You know, we were celebrating. Awesome. We were, you know, getting it. Celebrating black love. Yes, yes, black love. Love it. Build it. Black and Puerto Rican love. Black and Let love. me tell you. But other than that, I'm good, man. You know, it's a 10 for me always because I'm here. I love it. That's it. That's it. We got Pastor Ernst. Yeah, live Lord. church? Yeah. Live church, live church! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm happy to be here with you guys. Yeah, How are you mentally? Mentally? How am I mentally? Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'll say this. I'm, I'm in a great place. I'm enjoying my summer. I made it a point to really have a great time this summer. I just celebrated my 17th year anniversary. Yeah. Yes! With my wife. Congratulations. Real love! Black 17? Love. 17 years. 17 of them things. Wow, I'm trying to get it 17 days. <laughs> <laughs> 17 months. <laughs> 17 seconds. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing Pastor. I'm sorry, Pastor. Lord Jesus. <laughs> but I'm, I'm enjoying it. So having a good good time. Uh, but yeah, I'm at a good place. Mentally, I'm all good. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Pastor Maurice, how is your mental state, sir? That's a good question. Um, it's good. And I say it like that, you know, there's something else coming. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm examining myself. I think um, 
I'm not a person who proclaims I got stress. I'm like so bothered. Mm-hmm. I'm not really bothered by things. I'm an unbothered person. Mm. But I think that everybody has some level of stress that comes in their life. And I think the way that I deal with it, I just kind of um, chill. Mm. That's my way of just like just dealing with the stress of mm-hmm. things. You know, things that come from the congregation. You know, um, our soon, our opening soon. You know, one of my associate pastors, he broke his leg. Thank God he's being, you know, his, his, his recovery is going well. Mm. You know, and different things that come up. You know, in ministry that you don't you, that you necessarily cannot talk about because it's confidential and stuff like that. And there's some things you can't talk about. Pastor Ernest is one of those guys I talk to a lot about everything. Yeah. You know, but sometimes I just stay home. Many times I'm home and I and I just sit in silence. You know, and that's mm. good. Every now and then, some classical music that helps. You know, and HBO Max has been good. <laughs> 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 Recently, you know, I saw Black Widow. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm good. I'm good. By the grace of God. Love it. Love it. Love it. For me, yo, I went to Miami. Oh. My Jamie. Yes. And I enjoyed my wife. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. Black coffee. (laughs) (laughs) With martini. (laughs) No, mentally, I've been just enjoying life. And I think for me, I've been living in a survival mentality and I'm just learning how to just live. Come on, like, God. My wife yes. and I, we've been just enjoying each other yes. and we, mm-hmm. and I myself been just enjoying yeah. life. Mm-hmm. I so I finally could give myself like Jeff always gives himself a 10. Come on. Amen. Wow. Amen. <laughs> a Jeff 10. <laughs> a Jeff 10. I gave, I gave myself a Jeff 10. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say, man, you know, <laughs> it's just 10, 10 to win, right? What about you? Let me tell you, it has been a phenomenal week of blessings and man. favor. God. I'm a 10, man. Like, um, my wife just celebrated her 32nd birthday. Ooh, so, birthday. shout out to my wife, shout Sabina. And uh, I planned a, plan a uh, birthday party for her. Every I, It went better than I could have ever imagined. You know my birthday is November 1st, right? <laughs> It was a small thing, okay. you know what I'm saying? It was very personal, and that's the way I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be small, personal, intimate, and God just did an amazing thing. We ran into one of my favorite comedians at her escape room. He invited us to a comedy show for free. Wow. Where we got to see Jerry Seinfeld. He popped up. Oh, wow. So, free? yeah, for free. Wow. He just came and dropped in and did a set and then what? left. And it was just like this comedian who, uh, his name is Dean, shout out to Dean Edwards, who's amazing. Uh, he has a Netflix special with Tiffany Haddish and he's phenomenal. And he just has been encouraging me and pouring into me wow. literally about my gift and my calling That's and writing and all of that. But shout out to Sabina again, because she's still living La Vida Loca. We Ooh. went to all kinds of brunches this week. <laughs> we haven't been home. Our, we, we got home. Our apartment was like, what's up? <laughs> For real? Y'all about to pay the rent, right? <laughs> Yo, August is coming. I swear, it's this week, but it's 10 for me. Amazing week. I thank God for this week. It's been a blessed week. Yo, it's Top Shelf. Yes. So pull up a chair. It's time to have a conversation. Yes. So we have some awesome pastors here, and I want to get right into it. Yo, 2020 was really crazy. Mm-hmm. It was super crazy. And we want one of the questions I have for myself is 
do you think the church is responsible for the social justice of their congregation? Wow. <laughs> We're about to go in. <laughs> Season two. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll start off with this. Um, that's a big word, responsible. So I don't know what to level, to what level you're talking about. But I think every church should do well <laughs> in understanding the mm. core function and the core purpose of a church. Not mm. just that local church, mm. but just the church as, as a whole. And you and I, you know, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. One of the things that I kind of get frustrated by is people don't look at a church as inherent to what it is. So mm. you see a school in a neighborhood, no one asks the school, what are you doing for the community? Right? Because it's a school. Right. Right. Mm. Yeah. You just expect the school to do the school thing, right? Mm -hmm. You see a hospital, you don't say, what are you doing for the community? Because a hospital is a hospital. You just, you do, you do hospital things, right? <laughs> a bank, a supermarket, what have you. It seems like when it comes to the church, though, there's this idea that, okay, you're a church, cool. You do what you do, mm -hmm. but that's not really for the community. What are you doing for the community, mm -hmm. you know? So there's this separate expectation yes, apart yes, from yes, what the yes, church yes, does, yes. different from its purpose. And I think the main purpose of a church is to provide uh, the gospel, is to provide right. the gospel message to its community and to be a place where people can come hear the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the main, and that's what the church does for the community. I never forgot, um, I believe it was Perry uh, Noble who said, uh, the best thing a church can do for its community is be a good church. That's Just, right. Like, you don't need to be a bank. You have a bank for that. You don't need to be a supermarket. You have a supermarket for that. You don't need to be a hospital. You have a hospital for that. Like right. every, every, all of these institutions have their core function. The core yes. function of a church is to provide the gospel message to its community. Now, I'll just add this though to it, to go more specifically to your question with social justice. I do think that it's wise for a church though to perhaps understand the, the social climate that it's in, in, mm -hmm. in terms of its community and perhaps speak to some of those issues, but I don't think it could be the main core or the main thing that the church is there for. So if we're in an environment where there's a lot of, I don't know, a lot of poverty, right? Let's mm -hmm. just say that's, that's the case. I think a church would do well to kind of speak to those issues. You right. know? Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. They, as it knows people are coming into the church that are poor, suffering financially, it'd be good for the church to speak to those issues, provide right. resources, that kind of thing. Because you want to be relevant to where you're at. Uh, but I don't think because you're in a poor community that your sole mission is to have a soup kitchen. You know what I mean? Your sole <laughs> mission is in, your, your, your sole mission is to still provide the gospel yeah. message. Right. And as an auxiliary, you can offer support to issues and concerns that your community has. So that, that's my general take on it. I can go deep on that, but that's that's what I'll start off with. I love that. Yeah. Love that, Pastor. And Let me could I could I ask this question too? Uh one of my questions was like, uh, so to what you were saying, uh, Pastor Ernst, like um, the sole mission of uh, church is to provide the gospel to the community, correct? Um, what, what would you say to somebody if they were like, you know, they see all these different churches on the corner, they'd be like, okay, this church, this church, this church, this church, we got Lutheran, Presbyterian, we got, uh, uh, you know, this Seventh-day Adventist church and all these other, uh, why, what would you say to that person that would say like, hey, why can't they all come together and be one big church. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, that doesn't bother me um, that we have, it, spe spe specifically being in New York. Mm -hmm. um, 
I used to be bothered by the fact that you can go down Flatbush and go down. <laughs> right. And then you see like four different churches. Right. right. That's a fact. But then it, came, it dawned on me. I said, yo, but you also see four different bodegas. You also mm. see four different, you know, nail salons. We live in a very diverse city that have diverse needs. And a lot of times, if you look at certain neighborhoods, you'll, you'll, you'll see, mm-hmm. yeah, you might see four churches, but one of them might be a Jamaican or a Haitian church. It might be a Spanish church. Mm-hmm. You might have, Got so it. The, the, what's happening is that this city is speaking to the diversity of its city. Got you know, it. now there are some divisions, I guess. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there could be some more unification. I think more than just one church. I think leaders, and I'm endeavoring personally to do this, mm-hmm. leaders could be better at yes. uniting with other leaders, mm. you know? And that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. Conversation. Yeah, because that's, I've, look, I'm not saying I'm perfect at that, but mm-hmm. I can tell you it's not an easy thing. Like, there are people, mm-hmm. people are very guarded. So I think leaders, Christian leaders, pastor leaders, pastors can do a better job at connecting with one another. Okay. But, you know, today you have churches, like, for instance, you have co-working spaces, right? Mm. Why do you have co-working? Right? No one says, how come they can all, all be one company? Just be just be one thing. <laughs> you know? Because the city is expensive. You know? Right. And people need to find ways. So now you have churches together in one building, yes. but they're two separate churches. Right. I, I That's think, happening. I yes. think it just speaks to, again, the diversity and the economic situation that, that people find themselves in. Right. In, in New York in particular, you know? Mm-hmm. But- you know, denominations, you mentioned Lutheran, you mentioned Catholic, you mentioned all those other different. I think that's a different story. I don't think, I know that Jesus doesn't want denominations, but he's allowed it. Um, you know, that, that's unfortunate, but I think that's just the nature of man. We're always going to find nature a difference. Yeah, we're going to find, well, I speak in tongues, you don't. So let's, let's create a different denomination. Pentecost. Respectfully. 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 I believe in this. Yeah. I believe in tithing, you don't. So you know, we'll, we'll create a different denomination. I think that's right. silly. That's man-made, but right. that's just the nature of man. So know? speaking of tithing, actually, I have a question. Um, so tithing is such a big, it could be even controversial sometimes when it comes to like Christians and people who go to church. So my question to you, um, Pastor, is um, why is tithing so important? Well, to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Coming straight for his pastor. Let me drink for that. <laughs> That's funny. Just <laughs> laugh for me. Tithing, first of all, tithing is important um, because it honors God. Cannot say you honor God and you're not a giver. It is impossible. You see that from the book of Genesis all the way to the end of Revelation, when the new earth and the new heaven comes, and the people are bringing gifts to the Lord, as if God really needs your gift, but it's a form of honor to the Lord. Now, I know we live in this day where people are like, I'm not feeling that, think about tithing, I'll donate. No, it's beyond donating. It's about Mm -hmm. giving a percentage to God that he has commanded, that he's asked for, and honoring him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was debating with someone, had a lot of discussions about tithing with different people, even my own congregation. And one day I was talking to someone, and there's a scripture in the book of Leviticus where the Lord said, well, the Bible says, the tithe is holy to the Lord. And I was talking to the person, um, the Lord spoke to me. 
And these words came out of my mouth. And it, the person got quiet. I got quiet because I was like, I never thought about this. And the Lord said this to me. When has anything holy to the Lord stopped being holy to him? Mm. Is there any time that anything that's been holy to the Lord has stopped being holy to him? The tithe, not only is it for honoring God, is also holy to the Lord. Why? Because the tithe is his. Now, I'm not saying they're Adventists, but I like a term that they use when they um, bring their tithes. They, they use this term called return the tithe to the Lord. In other words, you're giving back to God what already belongs to him. One of the things you'll find since the beginning of creation is that God has always had something that is his. So he creates the heavens, the angels live in, in heaven with him. The Bible says the heavens are the Lord, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Heaven is mine, earth is yours. When he created Adam and Eve, what did he say? Eat freely of all the trees in the garden, but this one, tree of knowledge, the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of it. It's mine. And then from then on, God has always said, there's something that's mine that is not yours. Hmm. And so the tithe honors God, the tithe is holy to the Lord, that is his, and um, beyond that, the tithe takes care of the local church. Mm -hmm. You cannot have a good functioning church without people giving. And I'm talking, I don't mean just haphazardly, okay, I'll give what I can, you know, after my bills are paid, after I went on vacation. No, you give consistently, and guess what? Everything is taken care of. So, and there's a whole bunch of other reasons why you should tithe, but that's just a few. Good. I was, I was really excited. Heavy, man. <laughs> Good, yeah. I, mean, I know a lot of people. Um, I, I think I shared this with you also, Anthony, but I think, a lot, I think at the core of it, people have to value spiritual things. Yes. Because um, one of the things I realized is that People tend to, <laughs> there's people who can't spend, they, they cannot give a church $50, but they can spend 300 on a pair of jeans. Like yes, they can do that. Mm. And it's because they value that. Right. You know, mm. and at the end of the day, if tithing is a struggle, you got to ask yourself, do, what wow. value do you place on spiritual things? Mm. And that's the core thing. If you don't value it, that's good. then you're not going to give from your heart, much less give, you know? So I think that it really comes back to honoring what God has done spiritually in your life and, and honoring not just for you. Like you said, it helps build the church. Uh, you got to have a vision beyond yourself. Like yes, I'm giving, yes. I could be good, I could be blessed, I could be, you know, whatever, but I want to make sure others are also, you know, Come being on. ministered to properly. And so when you don't value spiritual things, you, it's just about you. It's just about, yo, what am I getting out of it? What am I, you know, it's right. just about me. So we got to get out of that. You know? I was at, or I was at a, a conference, and one of the guys he was teaching the leaders about teaching your congregation about giving. And he said, what you have to teach your people is that giving is a discipleship issue. It's not a money issue. Mm. I said, oh, that's an interesting concept. He said, when you are a disciple of the Lord, 
and you teach people how to follow Jesus and how to be a, a real Christian, their money comes along with that. And so if people are not discipled and really have learned to be a student, a follower of Jesus, then they're going to have a problem giving. But once they become a follower of Jesus, not just born again, but a follower of Christ, right. then the money won't be a problem. Mm. I'm like, very good. Very good. So when we have people who don't tithe and give generously and regular, regularly, that means that they are failing to be a disciple of the Lord. Truth. Hard truth. That word failing is uncomfortable for me. <laughs> I mean, I just got to be that person. <laughs> so what if I value and I honor God, but I'm just giving you what I have. I don't have a lot, but I give you what I have from the heart. Is that not, am I not a Christian? Oh, absolutely. You are a Christian. Christianity, be, being born again, being a Christian, nothing to do with money. It's about okay. grace, faith. But being, again, being a Christian and being a disciple mm. of Christ is two different things. A lot of people born again who are not following after Jesus. You know that. They live a carnal life. They live according to the flesh. They do what they want to do. Right. When they want to do it, how they want to do it. But I want the forgiveness of sins and I want to go to heaven. So I say yes to Jesus to be born again. But I'm not saying yes to Jesus for my lifestyle. And so that's why, so you see somebody who's um, born again, but they're fornicating or they're committing adultery and they're married, they're not following Jesus. So um, uh, giving from your heart is important. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. But beyond giving from your heart, I believe that the Lord has a specific amount, has given the church to give and, and then give beyond that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there are people who are not into tithing, some, some Christian people, some Christian leaders, they'll say it's not, you know, part of the new covenant, not part of grace. But even they will say, if you are under grace, you actually should be giving more than 10%. Mm-hmm. You know, so the reality is, however you cut it, at le- the, the minimum people should be giving to Jesus 10%. It should be part of your spending plan. Or your budget, as right. you have it. Absolutely. Why God doesn't want no no tip. He doesn't want your leftovers. He had an issue with Israel doing that to him. Mm. He says, "You're building your houses. You're taking care of everything else, but the temple is in ruins." He says, "So guess what? I'm going to make holes in your bags. All that money you're saving is going to be depleted." Yeah. God, he says, "How do you honor your king with your taxes? Right. You honor <clears throat> this one with that, but you don't honor me with the money that I've required of you." Yeah. It's in the book of Haggai. Do you think men have a hard time subscribing to that mentality? (laughs) (laughs) Do we? (laughs) I'll say this. I mean, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but. Some men. The men, I'll speak from my church. Uh, The men in my church generally tend to be a lot more. We have more women in our church, but the men tend to be a lot more. consistent in their giving, which is kind of interesting. interesting. Yeah. Wow. I don't mean that women aren't consistent. I don't want to. Respectfully. Yeah, I'm not saying that. That's the new new (laughs) term, respectfully. But the men tend to be a little bit more, um, yeah, I I would say that. Or or at least on par. Let me just, that's probably more safe. On par with the woman. I don't see a big discrepancy. Okay. To answer your question, I don't see a big discrepancy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Why is there a, a lack of men in church? 
that's a good one. <laughs> I try one. to ask good questions. Well, <laughs> I'll say it depends on the church. Yeah, that's true. Mm. There's some churches that have a lot of men. Yeah. Okay. I just saw on TV some old school white Pentecostal church, men everywhere. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it was packed with men. It all depends on the part. Of, first of all, it all depends on the nation. Right. Because I've been to Nigeria. I've been into, um, um, I went there, it was a long time ago, but I went and I asked one, and the men equal the women. Their worship, their passion, even sometimes greater than the woman. And I asked a guy about that, one mm-hmm. of the gentlemen I was with, and he said, because we believe, I, I'm not going to do my fake Nigerian accent. Said, <laughs> you got to please try it. <laughs> we believe. No. <laughs> no, he said, we believe that women should not outdo us in anything. Wow. So you'll see Nigerian men in church. You'll see them giving, you'll see them dancing, and you'll see them leading. You know, the women are there doing right. their thing too, but the men are leading in that country. Uh, and I think it's, it's similar in maybe someplace like South Africa. Mm-hmm. Is it America? We have a little bit of something a little different in yeah. some circles. Yeah. Is it the African American church? Yeah. Because you said before, you said, the white church. Yes. And I want to make sure we are clear. In the South. In the South. <laughs> in this so South. it's different for different states, different mm-hmm. regions. Yeah. In regards to um, men. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that an environmental? And, and also on the leader. Like T.D. Jakes claimed at one time 40% men in his church. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Pastor Bernard, we know, um, right here in Brooklyn, CCC, at one time had more men than women in his church. I don't think he maintained that. He said, because the more men I get, the more women come. <laughs> but at one time, I believe he had, he said he had 51% men and mm. 49% women in the church. Wow. And that so, church is huge. Yeah, that was, that was at a season. <clears throat> right. So if you do have more men in the church, or you have maybe just five or 10 men in the church, are mm. you responsible for that man journey, his spiritual life, his mental life? Are you responsible for that person? What do you mean, like, am I... As a pastor, as a church, well, as a we're congregation? We're responsible for everybody in the, in the congregation. Okay. Yeah, I believe that. I, I you know everybody pastors differently, but yeah. And, and, you know, we're responsible for their development, for... But the person has to receive it, you know? Okay. You can't force it on nobody. Because a lot of times we've been there in my church and we've, um, you know, given people instructions they don't follow. But I'm not. I'm not one of those. I'm gonna make you do something. You can't make mm, anybody do anything, right? But you know, hound people, and ugh, I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. So I think in my church, some people have commented, "You seem to have a good number of men in there." I said, "Yeah," because I don't hound people. Mm-hmm. I don't try to rule over people. Though I'm a right. very aggressive person. Facts. <laughs> That's a fact. But you I, are. I'm a very aggressive person, yeah. and I'm proud of it. Yes. I'm a, what do they call it? A one personality. Okay. Yeah. Listen, you my class, we we. we <laughs> We we we've gone we we bumped heads. We've gone to uh, <laughs> I love my past. He's my mentor, but yeah, he can be aggressive. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with like someone like Jeff. He's new. I don't have a problem with somebody having a issue, have a disagreement with me. Some pastors do. Yeah. So they shut their men down. I don't shut the men down. No, he definitely doesn't. You know, because I know who I am. So I don't have to be intimidated by a man Absolutely. having his own opinion and thoughts. So we talked about the men in church and the men versus the the women. Uh, in terms of statistics, right? Um, 
let's talk about the outside of it. Like, what? How do you guys respond when a member that you love leaves your church? <laughs> like, like how how is that for you guys mentally and heart wise? Is that is that a harder thing? Is it like, oh, okay, like I did all this and I helped, and I and now they they, they run it off you on money the plug. When you need help. Yeah, they, now they I pray for you. <laughs> They run it off on the plug now. Okay, you know so what I'm saying? You guys already I got know. a better church. I hope you paying your 10%. <laughs> Y'all, you told me you was going to be here. It's like, now somebody else is getting my ties, man. What's going on here? You got Honestly, for me, it varies on the circumstance. It varies on how. I think most, I'm going to speak for, I'm going to try to speak for most pastors. I think most pastors, if you're a loser, we don't care. Really? <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> yeah. If you if you leave respectfully, it's 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 yes. it's respected, you know. And there's a lot of people, and I I look at it, I try to look at it on both sides. I think some people don't know how to leave, so I got to kind of give them a little bit of a pass. Wow. But I think there are some general basic understanding that you should have. Like, you're going to leave. Communicate. You know? Hey, Pastor, it's, 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 I'm in a season in my life where I feel the Lord is doing something new. You know, use one of those right. Christian lingo <laughs> talks. I've been know. visiting this other <laughs> yeah, church yeah, yeah, and, it, yeah. and it's but been it calling is. me. <laughs> it's not you. It's, it's, it's me. me. <laughs> I don't want to leave. Uh, but I got to go right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I, think, I think if you communicate um, and I think most pastors who have a good heart, if if you um, if you're leaving from a place of genuine, like I, I believe truly, like the Lord has planted me somewhere, and mm-hmm. it's what I need in my spiritual life at the moment, and what have you. Right. No, no pastor's gonna be happy about it, but at least you're taking, you're making a decision based on the on the, the need of your spiritual life. Mm. If you're being sincere, but if it's, I think it's when people just fade away, don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, plant somewhere else, and, and you find out through a third party, or through, you know, you know, another channel. I think that's the thing that kind of it comes off a bit rude, right? And, and yeah. I'll add this: this is not answer answer, answer your question, but it's, it's it's part of it. Um, I do believe that people take advantage of grace grace filled churches yeah, true. and mm. gracious leaders. Yep. So people like Pastor Ernst and I, yep. we're known. We ain't trying to control you. Mm-hmm. We ain't going to be talking about you from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And people seem to be more disrespectful yeah. right. in church like that versus a church where they know you leave, the pastor will talk about you from the pulpit, mm-hmm. they'll get the members to reject you. Like people leave my church, they're still friends with the members of the church. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But there's some churches, you leave that church, that pastor will tell the members, you ain't friends with them no more. Right, or right. Or he'll, he'll give you... Even just in the words, there's yeah. a culture. Right. If you leave us, bye. Exactly. You don't fellowship with us. Exactly. We don't hang with you no more. Right. And people tend to have more respect. Oh, oh you know, right. they're afraid to leave, right. or they'll have more respect in leaving. Right. So people tend to abuse more gracious leaders, I've noticed. But to answer your question, um, I'm fine with somebody leaving. I don't, the, the sheep belong to Jesus, not to me. 
Mm. So when you have that understanding, you don't have a problem with people leaving. Mm. Sometimes somebody may be close to you, like, ah, man. Sometimes I'm kicking people out. Like, go. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus is telling you to go. It's time to go. Is that the aggressive side of you? No, it's it's the it's the side of me that's that's that wants the best for the person yeah. and wants them to follow Jesus. Mm, right. You're not you following me to a certain degree, but you're following right. also follow me as I follow Christ. Right. Absolutely. So I point people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now I know people use the or the Lord told me. Sometimes the Lord didn't tell you. Yeah. But I'm not gonna many times the Lord didn't tell you. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's be real. Man. <laughs> you <laughs> told you. You told <laughs> you. you. Told, yeah. And, and like, but right how now, you know the Lord? Tell me. Please. You know. You, you know. know. You know. I'll tell you why. I know or you know. No, I mean like we all know. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. With, there's, 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 this, um, the Lord said. There's this mm-hmm. thing that right. the Lord is saying, Lord is saying, Lord is saying. And right. this is how you know, honestly. If someone you're in a relationship with, just follow their life. You'll mm. see the Lord is going to contradict himself many times. <laughs> yeah. the, Lord, the Lord told me the this. Pattern. The next week, the Lord told me that. The Lord told me this. Lord. I'm oh like, yo, goodness. the Lord seems to be confused. You know, <laughs> exactly. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, what, what, what but he's doing? not the author of confusion. That's somebody else. Right. <laughs> I heard <laughs> if the word is true. Now, now the Lord does lead people out and he leads right. people in. So but not every other week. People yeah. come, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody people come is. to my church from other churches. People leave my church for other churches. It happens. So yeah. I get it. And I'm 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 understanding of that. So that's why when people say, Oh, the Lord told me to come here, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I know what it is. You know, about that you know what's yeah, crazy? Because <laughs> I think people associate like I'm breaking up with my church. That's right. that's one of those things that people have designated in their mindsets. And it's been like, I, I really don't want to break up with this church. And when you think of a breakup, people get all like, this is going to be hard, but it shouldn't be hard if you know how to communicate. Yeah. If you shouldn't, if you know how to uh, really accurately know where you stand mm-hmm. and, and if Jesus and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you feel comfortable and it, there's a lot of different parts of it, you know, and because I had a friend uh, to your point, Pastor Maurice, she was telling me she was a part of a church where the pastor literally legit said to her, you should never visit other churches. If Crazy. you visit other churches, you can't talk to the congregation anymore. <laughs> Crazy. And I'm like, that's a cult. Get out of here. <laughs> Run. You know what I'm saying? She, she was like, uh, they don't have the word of God in that church. Like, and I was, and I'm hearing this and I'm like, I can't, I legit can't believe there are still churches like that doing to this that. day. Right. Still doing it. Cutting people off from, um, the truth. Yes. Essentially. Cause it's, it, it's a weird pocket to get into with uh, different churches. But, uh, one of my, so my, I have another question. Um, can pastors go to therapy or is it looked down upon is that a thing uh as you guys are pastors can pastors go to therapy or is it like nah that's a good question well it was really good question years ago now most people are like nah you can go but let me rephrase that can black pastors go (laughs) to therapy because we know that uh don't you gotta pray in in the culture like don't you gotta pray because we pray it away and all of that stuff within our culture I think the old school pastors, they're like, nah. Okay. But I think with the pastors committing suicide these days mm. and a whole bunch of stress mm. going on, right. and a lot of, even the black pastors are like, nah, I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to see somebody. I think that. I've yeah, seen that more. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Can I flip the question a little bit? Please. Flip it. All Come right, on, I pastor. Just, just don't ask <laughs> your <this>. podcast. <laughs> if, <you're, laughs> 
if your pastor told you, right? I think, and I'm obviously be talking to everybody who's listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. But if your pastor told you that he's in therapy, mm-hmm. um, what do you think you'd feel immediately in your heart? Wow, Ooh. that's I love fast, it. Fast. I mean, for me personally, like if just be like, yeah, <laughs> no, definitely, yeah. <laughs> I actually would respect my pastor more because yeah. I'm looking at him as he's human. I know. I think yes. sometimes we right. put pastors in this high pedestal. Beautiful. Like they're like, absolutely. The, the second coming of Jesus in <laughs> right. some kind of way. Right? <laughs> right. And like they're perfect and live this perfect life and that they don't necessarily deal with Jesus. life. Yeah. Stress right. even outside of church. Yeah. Right. And so if my pastor, Pastor Maurice, if he came to, he's like, you know, I'm actually going through to therapy. I would have respect. I would respect him more. Yeah, and I, I, if anything, I feel like it will make him a better pastor. Yes, right. In, in a lot of it ways, would. because I feel like you know, there's there's so much that pastors have to deal with, and we forget that sometimes. Yeah, and then I think it's like if you're sick, go to a doctor. Like we, I don't think pastors are impervious to like the things that. Or on the outside, you know, you have families, you have wives, you Children. you go through all these different things, and then you have the church in the middle of all of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And you, but you got to place you place your family above all those things. But you're still dealing with all these different stressors. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't think less of my pastor at all because I I it, I think people put pastors as Superman, mm-hmm. like they're like, oh, my pastor don't go through sadness or depression or fear or anxiety, panic, none of that because he can pray. He he can lead our congregation. He mm-hmm. leads thousands of people into mm-hmm. worship. He yeah. leads, you know, in all these different capacities. They think because you guys are s- so responsible for so many people, you couldn't deal with anything. That's the way I grew up in a mm, Pentecostal yeah. church. Yeah. Like yeah. he's the pastor. He saves us from everything. Yeah. He's responsible for everything. But then sometimes, like I remember we had a pastor uh, at my own Pentecostal church. He got accused of uh, tampering with the finances. Mm-hmm. And then it became, he's human now, mm-hmm. you know, and he got humbled, like, 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 oh, we gotta, he gotta get removed and everything. This pastors who are on drugs, which is something crazy when I first started hearing that, mm. literally on drugs. Right. You know, we already know the pastors, the sexual problems that pastors with, drinking problems. Absolutely. Pastors with all kind of crazy stuff. What I'm noticing from my observation, some of the mega church pastors they're definitely in therapy. And the therapy is not because there's a problem. Sometimes it's to make sure a problem doesn't arise because mm. they don't want their, this thing to fall apart. Right. You know? So they are really like, yo, I got to go to somebody to release the stress. Some I give to my wife, but I need to <laughs> go to a therapist. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I, um, I was at a, um, uh, some kind of leadership thing. And um, that's what is the uh, Associate pastor at Church of the Highlands. Oh, uh, what's his name? Um, Rizzo. D- yeah, Dino Rizzo. Yeah. He um, was a pastor of a mega church in, I believe, Louisiana. And he fell. Mm-hmm. Then he, you know, was uh, restored. And he, um, associate pastor now of a mega church in Alabama called Church of the Highlands. And he admitted, I go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Not because he has a problem <clears throat> to maintain himself he has a lot of other people around him great leaders but he has his own personal therapy that he goes to and i think that's remarkable 
Mm. Yeah, I, I also think it's remarkable. I, I, I've never had formal therapy. Like, you know, I think Pastor Maurice has been <laughs> my therapist in some regard, you know, and others. Mm. But um, same for me. Yeah, I, I think um, it's a good thing. Um, and I'm, and, I, and I, I expected you to say that, uh, like, and you like, I think it's remarkable. But would you be, would you be worried for your pastor? Because I think that's the key. I think a lot of people would, would, would respect, like, yeah, you know, in this day and age, I respect mm -hmm. the fact that you're taking care of yourself. You're going to, you know, you're going to therapy, you're seeing somebody. But if he came to you and said, yeah, I'm going to therapy, and that was the end of that, um, would, in the back of your mind, be like, man, what's going on? What's wrong with him? Like, is he okay? Mm -hmm. Married? Would, would that be a burden in your, in your mind, in your heart? And, and the reason why I ask that is because I think, to your question originally, that could be the reasons why some pastors don't go to therapy. Mm -hmm. It's not so much that they want to be, it's not so much that they want to seem perfect. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes they don't want to, it's like the parents don't want to- Disappoint the kids. Burden the kids. Right. I don't want you to be afraid of mommy and daddy, you know, we're going mm -hmm. through something. So let's not, I think a lot of times it's that fear. Like you're going to be worried. You're going to be, oh my God, well, something's wrong. Come on, gather the intercessory team, you know, let's, right. let's pray, let's, you know, let's get everybody. Sudden, the world's falling apart. It, it right. would be looked at as like, oh, okay, cool. Well, what's your therapist's name? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> and, you know <laughs> it wouldn't be like, it'd be like, oh my God, what's wrong? Like, right. something, something, this is serious. And, and I think some pastors, <laughs> especially the old school guys, not to, you know, put them down, just, they're proud. Just say respectfully. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. Respectfully. Yeah. They were proud. They, yeah. want, they wanted to be seen like we're Superman. We could do anything. Yeah. You know, we got the Holy Ghost. Come mm -hmm. on. You know? Like they don't want to look weak. Yeah. But they don't yeah. want to look weak. Like I'm a person, I don't like to look weak. But if I, but I'm, but one thing about me, I'm not a liar. So I'm going to say what it is. Mm. If I'm, if I, like, for example, I don't, I don't have medicine in my house. Right? I don't carry medicine in my house. But if I get sick and I buy medicine, I'm going to say, I bought medicine. That's it. Because I'm not right. going to lie to make myself look a certain way. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, but a lot of people want to look a certain way. Right. You know, it's true. So you have people, anyway, that's, that's, that's loaded, <laughs> doing things just to make themselves look a certain way. Absolutely. Because they want to be considered something, you know. Understandable. No, that's, that's a great, that's a great point. Um, and just to answer your question, for me, I think it depends on how you look at therapy. If you look at therapy there as you something negative, mm -hmm. you're going to associate your pastor or maybe not only your pastor, just somebody People. within the church or anybody in general, like, bro, you going to therapy? Something's wrong? Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's how we mm. frame it, how we look at it, how we view it. Right. I don't personally look at therapy as something negative. I think it's just, just like what Fred was saying, it's like just going to the doctor, you're just getting a checkup. There's there nothing go. wrong with it. You, you know, so if my pastor came to me and said he's going to therapy, I'm not going to, one, because I trust in the Lord as guiding him. I trust that I know my pastor well enough that, you know, he's taking care of not only himself spiritually, not only physically, but also mentally and mentally by going to therapy. Yeah. So I think it's just how you view the term or the word therapy. Uh, but I do have a question for you guys. Um, since we're, you know, we're talking about therapy and, you know, it's becoming something more accepted, it seems like in yeah, uh, this day and age. Yeah, um, but we know like with millennials and, you know, I was, I was reading this interesting article and it was talking about how within like the past decade or so that more and more millennials are seem to be leaving the church. They're not really identifying with the church or they feel like they're not really speaking into 
what they feel like the church should speak to. Mm -hmm. So my question to you guys as pastors, what can the church do to either A, gain back the trust, I don't want to say trust, but to make sure that the millions are not necessarily leaving the church, but how to bring them back into church and, and to have them be aware that, yes, this is a different time, but, um, you know, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Obviously, you know, we can not so much adapt to what the world wants us to adapt to, but we can still be able to feed the word to the millennials and a new generation that's coming up. I think, um, one, I think, I don't know who the article that you read, who it is by, but I think some statistics out there are off, actually. Mm. I think it's not true that millions are leaving in droves because when I look at all the new churches popping up, I see thousands of millennials coming into church. And it's not just one, it's, it's happening over and over. You have people like Mike Todd. People think he just came out of nowhere. He's been doing what he's doing for a minute. Exactly. Steve Furtick, Elevation Church. You know, there's, and there's so many others like them who are not even known, you know? And I think, so I think some statistics are not actually totally accurate. I said maybe, maybe in a person's certain, certain environment, it may look like that, but I think the church is drawing so many young people, millennials, Generation Z or X, whatever it's called, <laughs> you know, and, um, I think people are coming to the Lord. I th and I, I think that what we are seeing, though, um, Jeff, is in more traditional churches, mm -hmm. they're leaving and they're going to the churches like a Mike Todd, mm -hmm. whose sole focus is millennials. Right. Good point. So that's really what's happening. The traditional churches are losing their millennials. But they're uh, not just going back to the world. They're going to other churches. Wow. That's yeah. really what's happening. Like even your church, Saints Church, mm -hmm. is a is a testimony of millennials mm -hmm. coming in to the church, right? Definitely. And it's uh, like they started their whole like teenage preteen ministry mm -hmm. exploded like uh, in like, I think it was in the early 90s mm -hmm. when they started that, that, that ministry yeah. and it's it just it's flourished and is built on that. Yeah. Definitely with them having the best preteen teenage ministry called the Misfits. And yeah, man, that's what is still growing. And now your pastor is now bringing the church, the, the general church, more into millennial type flavor. Yeah. So unfortunately, I mean, there's a, there's a debate now because now the traditional churches, there's some of them are losing the young people and they're like, okay, a whole bunch of old people here now. <laughs> what, what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. So there, there's, there's a little tension going on there. You know, you have churches like mine who's multi-generational that itself brings a little bit of a, uh, what's the word? Uh, no, like trying to figure out how to make sure we have young people, but we don't neglect the older people. Right. Just like Pastor Ernst, he has more younger people, young adults. So his is pretty cool. He can just focus on one set. And that's what seems to be happening. The churches that are able to focus just on millennials alone, mm -hmm. they're just exploding. Because people tend to be around people their age. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to hang with the old person, you know? Right. So how does like a traditional church help prevent their the younger crowd that they once have from going to those Michael Todd churches, <laughs> those Steve Furtick churches, those big millennial mega churches? Mm. Retire. No. 
That's too no. much. I don't know if that's respectfully no, I, I, or unrespectfully. Yeah. Disrespectfully, but either way, we're going to take it. No, I think just having... That's what you want to answer that? I mean, honestly, I would just say just have stuff for them. You know, yes. just yeah. speak to their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, put put a um, put ministry before them that speaks to, to their mm-hmm. needs. I mean, I don't think it's rocket science. There's no... There's no um, formula out there, but just to, I think more, more than anything, just to make it even more simple, yeah. just see them, recognize them. Yeah. Right. You know, and also make sure that you have that group represented in your leadership. Yeah. Mm. That's a very, good, that's a good point. Good. If they're part of your leadership, then they're going to speak to overall culture of your church and, and then. That way, people won't feel disengaged. They'll be like, okay, yeah, I see someone who looks like me, talks like me, recognize. And then the decisions that you're making are going to reflect that generation as well. So I think that's a key thing. I had one more question off the cuff. Like, uh, so we yeah. just got out of a. And, uh, let me just say this. And I think Alan AME, shout out to Alan AME, even though I don't go there, they are good. They're not the- sponsors. Go ahead. <laughs> <They're not> sponsors. <laughs> they represent what Pastor Ernst just said well. I think they do. Amen. Um, so my question off the cuff was uh, that we were just in a pandemic. We're still in it. Uh, and now people are coming back to church, like physically. How do you guys appeal to those people that are at home? Because everything has been at home now to come back into the house of the Lord. Because now it's like we've gotten comfortable. Yeah. We don't really want to come back. Like it's been so easy. Yes. The refrigerator is right there. The couch is right here. The Lord is all around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like my bed church. I like my bed. <laughs> Bedside Baptist is all right. Oh, with me. <laughs> I sent my money on the TV. I'm playing, but in all seriousness, it's like, I've been wondering, I've literally been wondering how pastors in this moment appealing to uh, their congregants. I mean, what you said is true. Personally, my, my approach has been not to make a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I, um, I recognize that there's two types of people. In this conversation, there's people who want to be in church, in physical church, and there's people who want to be virtually. Cater to both. Honestly, that's I, I have a preference, no question. And you'll at times you'll hear me emphasize, hey, it's good to be in the building. I will emphasize that. But I don't really harp on it, you know, because I recognize that we're in a different time. And 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 I don't have the energy to really try to <laughs> convince somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I'll be honest with you, it's compelling. I, I get it. Like staying at home, yeah. just going logging on. Yeah. I get it. I get why people want to do it. But, but the second thing I think is important is to provide a reason for people to come. And so we try to really contend for an in-person experience that you're not going to really get at home. Mm. And so that's like the that. thing I think you really got to really make a distinction about: is your church service just the same as if I was online, or is there you know, is it just louder because I'm here? Because I'm, you know, I'm here, or is it? Are other things happening that I don't really get to experience? So that's to me the key thing. Is if you provide something that they cannot experience unless they're in person, I think you'll have people, you know, want to be in person. You know, I love it. Uh, Thank you for answering I, that. That's my last question. I just thought about it just right now. Do you guys ever get jealous of other pastors? 
Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, honestly, I say that I've never, and I, I really thought about it like recently. I was like, wow. Cause I didn't recognize that about myself, like that I'm not the jealous. I don't. Yeah. I really can sincerely tell you, I don't get jealous about other pastors and ministries that you get inspired. You get provoked. Yeah. I get provoked. Mm -hmm. I get inspired. Mm -hmm. You know, I learn, of course you glean, but jealous. No. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't get jealous. I'm not a jealous person. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't get jealous of ministries. Um, I think if somebody's jealous, pastors are jealous, it means they, they're a jealous person in general. Right. Yeah. Mm. So if somebody has a BMW, they got to have one. Yeah. Somebody has yeah. the newest stage lighting, I got to have the same thing, you know, right. coverages. I don't. I don't have that. So he, he gets that from his dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're right, though. You're right. Mm -hmm. Coming from Pastor Maurice, I, I've never seen him ever like and i and and some things rub off on you, you don't even realize it because mm -hmm. that's just my dna as well i don't right yeah i don't really want what somebody else has and do you boo <laughs> <laughs> but do you boo wow thank you guys for coming in. Thank, thank you thank you thank, thank you. you um and we love to make sure we can plug you guys in do you want to just plug plug your ig what you what's coming up oh we're finished already yeah, yeah, yeah right <laughs> Right? This is more enjoyable than I expected it to be. Oh, okay. <laughs> I knew it was going to be good, but yeah. I'm like, this is... We get Top Chef experience. I don't know if that was a shot or... <laughs> yeah. He don't he never say respectfully. respectfully. He nah, never says nah, respectfully, so you don't know. No, no. I'm, I'm having a personal tour of my past. No, no, no. I know you're doing your thing. <laughs> I just never have been part of a podcast. Oh. So this, the whole setup, uh, not only that, your energy, everybody's mm -hmm. energy, even... The brother who's recording, his energy is really good. Mm. He's really good. I, I like positive energy. I like people. This guy laughing up a storm. You <laughs> <laughs> talking about me, me Mr. Cool as usual. <laughs> Not do what I do. <laughs> um, Fred. Fred, you know, being in him. Funny man. It's the funny man. <laughs> I love it. This is this has been amazing. Yeah. Thank you. My thank plug: Winners Church. www.winnerschurch.com. Check us out. Yeah, uh, Life Church in Brooklyn, New York. Um, if you want to follow me, uh, IG would be Ernst Kochi, just my name, er Ernst Kochi. Yeah, so. Love it. And they definitely have a conference coming up. Yes. Yeah. Conference. Yeah. Conference. conference time. I'm excited about this conference. It's called Life is Good. In fact, thanks for saying that, Anthony, because uh, I also have a book coming out in September. What? There you go. Plug it in. Plug it in. Yeah. Plug, it in. plug everything Life in, man. Life is good in, con in connection to our conference. So we're going to have, uh, for those who know her, Sophia Ruffin. She's amazing. She's really, really amazing. I thought it was yes. your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Sophia writing a book? I was, I was like, like what? Say what? Okay. The special anointing is on her life. That's it, man. <laughs> Sophia Ruffin's going to be in the building September uh, uh, 18. So if you go to our website, our, 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 our Life Church website, nylifechurch.com, You'll get all the information there. It's, there's a there's a spot for entrepreneurs that we're going to be really highlighting because one, awesome. one one of the things of our church is that we really want to uh, more effectively reach entrepreneurs and resource them and really just kind of highlight them because I feel like there's a that's there's always been a grace on our church in attracting entrepreneurs. So this conference will be the very first time that we're going to be making a, a special uh, spot for for that. So you'll get that information there. But yeah, we're excited. Love, love it. Yeah. Love it. Make, make sure you don't use your, your money that you tie with to go to the <laughs> <laughs> On another note, <laughs> on another Final note, <laughs> and then we leave. Yeah.
how do you make the best life ever? Pastor Maurice. Good question. No pressure. <laughs> if you're not at Life Church, <laughs> <laughs> how do you make the best life ever? Wow, that's great. Well, not going to Winners Church. <laughs> well, number one, not a sponsor, by the way. <laughs> number one, you must be born again. Yeah, oh, come on. There's no life without Jesus. Come on, come Amen. on. This, but you don't have life. Oh, that boy, good. <laughs> Merely. <laughs> Dead men. Ooh, come <laughs> so, on. You need Jesus. Secondly, find your why. Why are you here? What is your purpose? Mm. What is the destiny that God has given you? Mm, that's good. And I would say, number three, use your gifts. Yeah. Everyone has gifts. Every single person on the planet has gifts. Use them. Yeah. And you're going to really um, enjoy your life and live your best life now. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, man. I can't top that, but <laughs> I'll just add to it. I'll say um, plan your life. I think Ooh, a lot of I people like that. Come don't on, plan, Jesus. and that's why life happens. Mm. So if you want to have your best life, you got to plan it. You know, and so really just get into the place of uh, mapping out your life, what you want it to look like, in conjunction with prayer. Of course, you can't do that. Out, you can't do that outside the Holy Spirit, but in mm. conjunction with prayer, the Holy yeah. Spirit, plan it out. Put dates on the calendar, put objectives, like that. and execute. And you'll be, you'll be happy where you end up. Fine. It's not like you go to Life Church. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, thank you guys. And yeah. Make sure you subscribe. Here we go. Make sure you tell a friend. Exactly. Yo, awesome. Awesome. he's giving Top Chef experience. Welcome back to season two. Yeah. Yeah.